a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. First of all, some housekeeping here, and this is quite important, and I'm a bit embarrassed. Apparently, a number of people have sent in questions for me, and I haven't responded, or they've sent in suggestions for shows, and I haven't even seen those. Apparently, some of your emails have been put into a promotional basket that I have or uh, simply put into a, a discard file. If you use the phrase religion today in your request, then I'm sure I can find those. If you've sent something in and I haven't responded, I do apologize. Please resend and use the phrase religion today, and I'm going to see if I can go back and find some of the others in the prior files. Again, I do apologize. I thought I had been responding to everyone, and apparently that has not been the case. If you would like to be in touch, the way to do that is by sending me an email to martinstanner at gmail.com, martinstanner at gmail.com. This week, I was talking with a friend of mine about the Dead Sea Scrolls, and it struck me that I hadn't talked for a long, long time on the show, probably more than five years, about the importance of the Dead Sea Scrolls for Latter-day Saints. And I thought I might do that today, because there are a lot of people, well, everybody has heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls, but many people don't know of their significance, at least for Latter-day Saints. So here's a short little overview of things that might be useful. The Dead Sea Scrolls are a collection of, to date, about 967 different documents and fragments of documents, including texts from the Hebrew Bible. They were discovered between 1947 and 1956 in 11 caves. A 12th cave was found in February of 2017, but there were no additional documents in it. Apparently, a few fragments and things indicating there used to be documents, but they had all been removed. So, who wrote these and why are they important? Well, that depends on who you ask. The major theory, the most highly regarded theory, is that the Jewish sect who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls were the Essenes. This is because reference by Josephus and others seems to indicate that there was a sect out by the edges of the Dead Sea called the Essenes. But looking at the documents of the Dead Sea Scrolls community itself, Roman Catholic scholar George Molin made the comment that 
the people themselves, the Qumran community themselves, called their name, called their own name, Latter-day Saints. Scholar George Malin deplored the fact that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints makes use of the correct name, Latter-day Saints, to refer to the Dead Sea Scrolls community impossible. And hence, they're typically called the Dead Sea Scrolls community or the Qumran community, but they called themselves Latter-day Saints, meaning they lived in the last days before the first coming or advent of the Messiah. Now, other scholars believe the Dead Sea Scrolls community were not Essenes, but Zadokites, who were the Zadokites. They were the sons of Zadok, a priestly family by the name of Cohen, descended from Zadok, who was the first high priest in Solomon's temple. So those are the major theories of who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls and who were in the Qumran community. Now, the Qumran community was at the northwest edge of the Dead Sea, off in, in the hills, and they apparently were very pious Jews and were there for several hundred years, probably from approximately 300 B.C. to about 68 B.C. when the Romans conquered the Jews and put down the revolt. All of the books of the Bible, except Esther, were found as part of the Dead Sea Scrolls. There were about 40% that are biblical books of that 967 or so fragments and scrolls. There were about 30% that were religious books, but not biblical books. And then there were another 30% or so that were secular books like Plato's Republic, uh, deeds, other kinds of community rules and and things of, of that nature. So as an overview, why would the Dead Sea Scrolls be of interest to Latter-day Saints? Well, one of the reasons is that Latter-day Saints and Joseph Smith were ridiculed for the claim that Joseph Smith translated ancient Jewish records written on thin sheets of metal, the golden plates. But no one's laughing since the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. Not only are the Dead Sea Scrolls ancient Jewish records sealed up until found and translated in the last days, just like the golden plates, but among the Dead Sea Scrolls, there was a copper scroll, which is a scroll written on a thin sheet of copper and then rolled up as part of the Dead Sea Scrolls. This shows that not only was Joseph Smith's description of ancient writing sealed up correct, but writing on thin metal sheets was not only possible, it actually happened. So let's talk some more about the contents. There are some fascinating contents. You find books like Enoch, Tobit, Sirach, a number of recognized scrolls. Then you have some fascinating scrolls which were completely unknown until the Dead Sea Scrolls were unearthed. The community rule, which is a scroll that describes how the Dead Sea Scrolls community was to be ruled, the internal rules of the community. 
One of the most fascinating to me is the War Scroll, which is sort of a prophecy or description of a future latter-day war between the sons of light and the sons of darkness before the rule of God upon the earth. Think Book of Revelation, Battle of Armageddon. This was the Jewish idea that was very similar that was apparently around during the time of Christ and just before. So how were the Dead Sea Scrolls discovered? Well, they were found in the winter of 1946 and 47. There were two shepherd boys, a guy named Muhammad Adib, which translated in English as Muhammad the Wolf, and his cousin. And they were out herding sheep, and they fell asleep. They lost track of the sheep, and they noticed an opening up on the hillside, and it was way up there, and thinking some of the sheep might have climbed up into the cave, but they were too lazy to climb. One of them threw a rock, and they heard something shatter. They didn't hear any sheep, but they heard something shatter. So they went up there, and they found some of the large earthen pottery jars. Some are nearly six feet tall. The smaller ones are about two feet tall, and they had the Dead Sea Scrolls inside of them. An amazing, fascinating find. I won't take time to go into all the details about how they were eventually purchased and came to be part of the Shrine of the Book, but that is indeed what happened to most of them, although some are part of a museum in Jordan as well. The scrolls came from 11 caves, although As I mentioned earlier, a 12th cave was found, and there's just some amazing, amazing content. Everything from Thanksgiving hymns, Book of Psalms, Rule of War, the Battle of the Sons of Light with the Sons of Darkness, as I mentioned before. And we are out of time for this segment. When we come back, more about the Dead Sea Scrolls and their significance for Latter-day Saints. Stay tuned. This is Religion Today. I'm Martin Tanner. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. The Dead Sea Scrolls. Why are they important for Latter day Saints? Why would we care? Well, I've mentioned a few reasons why. Number one, they validate the idea that Latter day Saints have and that Joseph Smith described about ancient metal plates being sealed up to the last days. We also have some other fascinating contents in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I wanted to mention just a few of those and, and what was in some of these different caves. Cave number one had the War Scroll, or the Battle of the Sons of Light against the Sons of Darkness in the Last Days, Cave 1 also had the Great Isaiah Scroll, which is 22 feet long, and a complete, or virtually complete, book of Isaiah that dates to earlier than 250 B.C. That is indeed amazing, because until the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, the earliest known Hebrew Isaiah Scroll 
was about 1,000 AD. So we're going back over 1,000 years earlier. That is an amazing find. In Cave 2, which was found in February of 1952, there were 300 fragments of 32 manuscripts, including the Book of Jubilees and the Book of Sirach. In Cave 3, we had the Copper Scroll that I mentioned earlier. There were 14 different manuscripts in it. In Cave 4, which was discovered in August of 1952, there were a number of different manuscripts. This was sort of the enormous treasure trove. There were 500 texts in K4 and over 15,000 fragments. I ought to divert for a minute and say that if you see references to Dead Sea Scrolls, they will look like something like 4Q141 or 3Q118 or something along those lines. The 4Q means Cave 4 of Qumran. 4Q is Cave 4 of Qumran. 1Q would be Cave 1 of Qumran. And then you have the scroll number. There were some other fascinating scrolls that were found. Among those, you have fragments of Genesis, of different hymns. There were, in addition to just the scrolls, I shouldn't say just the scrolls, in addition to the scrolls, there were leather objects, lamps, jars, ancient uh, shoes. I guess sandals would be a more accurate way to describe them. And they were absolutely fascinating. So one of the questions that comes up is, where did these people go? Why were they gone? Well, what happened was that there was a Jewish revolt in about 68 AD, which was put down by the Romans. In addition to the Romans coming and stamping out the Jewish revolt in Jerusalem, they also did it in surrounding areas, and they apparently came and obliterated the Qumran community as well. In Cave 11, there was a fascinating book called A Fragment of Melchizedek. It's 11Q13. It talks in more detail about Melchizedek than we have in the Old Testament by far. Now, there are some remarkable sayings that most people have never heard of that were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls that I wanted to mention, just, just a couple as time permits here. One of those is one that was published first in 1991. And somebody might say, wait a minute, 1991? Why would it take from late 1940s to 1991 to publish some of the scrolls? This is not a conspiracy, although some people claim that it was. What happened was you had thousands and thousands and thousands of scrolls and fragments, and it took a long time to put them together, decades and decades, with jigsaw puzzle-like precision to try to piece some of these together. And so, although many were published within a few years, it took a long time for the rest to be published. And and not all of them are published even at this point, although all the major ones are. But so back to 1991, there is a scroll that is sometimes called the Pierced Messiah Scroll or the Crucified Messiah Scroll. This to me is quite fascinating. It was one that was translated by Dr. Robert Eisenman, who is professor of Middle East Religious Studies at California State University. 
the text is quite remarkable because it's a bridge between the Jewish belief in a Messiah and explains or helps us understand why the early Christians believed Jesus was the promised Messiah, why his followers would think that to be true. Stated another way, it shows how certain Jews who we know now call early Christians could see Jesus as fitting into the prophesied role of the promised Messiah to come. So what does this pierced Messiah scroll say? Well, here's, here's what it says. It says that the Messiah would be a shoot of Jesse. It says that he would be of the branch of David. It says that he would be pierced, which is the Jewish word for crucified or skewered or staked or however you would like to say it. It says that he will be pierced or crucified and wounded. And this also fits in with the current English translation of Psalm 22:16, where it says, they pierce my hands and feet. This is the exact language. The prophet Jeremiah in chapter 23 verse 5 says that he will raise unto David a righteous branch. And so fitting all these things together, it shows how the Jews who followed Jesus as the Messiah did so based on their understanding, as we now have it from this new Dead Sea Scroll that was translated. This scroll also talks about the Messiah as being a leader of a community and that he was going to be put to death. The scroll identified the scepter as probably a reference to Genesis 49.10. There's another fascinating scroll that I want to get to. It's a Son of God scroll. But I I should mention one other thing about the Pierce Messiah scroll. It talks about how he was a suffering Messiah who would die for the sins of his people, which fits right in with the early Jewish Christian belief. All right, now to the Son of God scroll. This scroll refers to the Messiah as the Son of God and the Son of the Most High, the exact wording that we have in the Gospel of Luke, which shows how early Jews who followed Jesus and the prophecies of the future Messiah could see Jesus as the Messiah. This text is in 4Q246. Here's what it actually says, quote, he shall be called the Son of God, and they shall designate him the Son of the Most High, like the appearance of comets, think magi and comets, so shall be their kingdom. For brief years they shall reign over the earth and shall trample on all. One people shall trample on another, and one province on another, until the people of God shall rise and all shall rest from the sword, close quote. It's quite amazing. The wording is exactly that in several places that we find in Luke chapter 1, verses 32 and 35. So to summarize, why would Latter-day Saints care about the Dead Sea Scrolls? Well, they bring back the earliest Old Testament Greek by several hundred years and the earliest known Old Testament Hebrew by over a thousand years. They demonstrate that Joseph Smith's claims of Ancient writing on metal sheets is accurate. 
It shows that there were Latter-day Saints the century before Jesus. It shows that there was an expectation of a crucified Messiah who would be impaled or pierced. It shows that at the time of Jesus, there was a belief that there would be a great battle in the last days, the forces of good against the forces of evil. And it also shows that as Joseph Smith in the Book of Mormon claim there would be more scriptures to come in the future and that a restoration was necessary. I hope you've enjoyed this short little summary of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Join me again next week. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.